Welcome to A Thriving Catholic Podcast, a show that's dedicated to helping Catholics live the extraordinary and abundant lives we were made for. I'm your host, Jessica Castillo. I'm a Catholic life and health coach, and it's my mission to bring you the best practices of body, mind, and soul each week and help you apply them in your daily life so that you can truly thrive. Hey there, and welcome to the show. Today's episode is all about how you can have a transformative Lent without white knuckle willpower. This is content that I originally published last year around this time. So if you've already listened to episode 14, Four Strategies to Stick to Your Lenten Plan, this episode's going to sound a little familiar, but I think that it's an important concept to revisit and it'll really help you learn how you can create a very solid Lenten plan if you haven't already. And we'll be going deeper in this episode into what strategies you can employ that will help you actually stick with that Lenten plan, even if you're thinking, well, I'm just going to white knuckle it and have enough discipline to make it through Lent. So I hope that this episode is helpful for you and that it'll really help you to have the best Lent possible this year. Lent is sometimes treated like the Catholic New Year's because, similar to New Year's, it's a time when we set goals and resolutions for things we'd like to change in our lives that will hopefully, at the end of Lent, lead us to having a deeper union with Christ. But similar to how we set New Year's resolutions, we may find it difficult to stick with our Lenten plan. In today's episode, I'm going to dive in a little bit on the reasons why this happens, but more importantly, the practical strategies that you can apply so that this can be the year that you stick with your Lenten plan. And this is an exciting time for Catholics. I know it may seem weird to non-Catholics, but most Catholics I know really love Lent, myself included. And that can seem a little strange because it really is a deliberate time of penance and self-abnegation. But I think that there's something in the human heart that longs for that. We look forward to Lent because we're longing for deeper union with God. We're longing for some kind of transformation. We're longing to cast off every shackle of sin that clings to us and run the race that lies before us. And so we tend to enter Lent with a lot of enthusiasm. Maybe we've even been really looking forward to Lent because we have big goals for what we hope to accomplish during Lent, and we've actually been really looking forward to cutting ties with maybe a vice that we're hoping to cut out of our life. So there's this sense during Lent that we really can do hard things because we're doing them with and for God. And all of this is so good. The problem is that we're fallen human creatures and we tend to be extremely fickle. Even when we really desperately want to change, it can be hard for us to stick with any kind of resolution or goal. And this is why 
so many of us, we can find that we start Lent and we've got so much steam and enthusiasm and we have this complete plan for all the things that we're going to give up or the prayer practices we're going to take on, only to find that midway through Lent, most of our plan has gone out the window and, you know, we might even make it to Good Friday without being able to quite remember what our plan even was in the first place. Or maybe even worse, we feel a lot of guilt and shame for what we couldn't do or what we think we should have done. Neither of which, by the way, are leading you any closer to Christ, which of course is the real purpose of Lent. As we read in the Ash Wednesday readings, God wants us to rend our hearts and not our garments. So what God is really interested in is not a white-knuckle sacrifice of everything that you enjoy and all of your pleasures. Instead, what he wants is for you to recognize when you're more attached to those earthly comforts than you are to him and to gently wean you away from them. But in order for this to happen, in order for us to reach the end of Lent transformed and not just a few pounds lighter because we gave up sugar, we have to approach Lent with the right strategy. And, you know, maybe this emphasis on strategy is my army background speaking. I was at one time in my army career a planner. And so working in plans and operations was my job. And so planning comes really naturally to me. But I will tell you that in my experience as a health coach, there is one thing that separates clients who are successful and who get results from those who never make any progress at all. And that one thing is good planning. But I don't just mean the standard five W's kind of planning, like the what, where, when, how, though that is important. But we also need to go a few steps deeper and plan for what thoughts and emotions are going to come up, as well as to make contingency plans for obstacles. So basically, we're going to be applying our intellects and our wills to whatever it is that God is calling us to do this Lent so that we have the best possible chance to succeed. So in today's episode, I'm going to talk briefly about, you know, four strategies that you can use to create a good Lenten plan, if you haven't already, and then we're going to go a little deeper into how you can stick with your Lenten plan. And spoiler alert, I am not going to tell you to just white knuckle your way through Lent. Okay, so first of all, if you're going to stick with your Lenten plan, you need to actually have a plan to stick to. But how do you come up with the right penances, prayers, sacrifices, or almsgiving to do for Lent? So there's a lot of different ways to do this. But I recommend that the first step in all of them is prayer. Because you see, God already knows what he wants you to do for Lent. He knows you in and out better than anyone. And he already knows what you need to detach from in order to draw closer to him and what you can do to have the most fruitful Lent possible. 
So the very first step is to just approach God with a really open heart. So put down any preconceived ideas of what you could or should do for Lent and just try to be radically open to whatever he might be calling you to do. And then just listen. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't usually hear the audible voice of God speaking to me in prayer. Some people do. I don't. But what I do tend to experience are images or emotions or passages from scripture will come to mind. And often when I think about doing that particular thing or like I hold that idea in my mind, I'll feel almost a burning in my heart, like the Holy Spirit filling me with excitement and conviction. And I'll be able to discern with a fair amount of confidence that that's the right direction for me to be going. Obviously, discernment is a really huge topic, and I'm not going to be able to go into it really in this episode. And the truth is that God has a very personal relationship with each one of us. So the way that he communicates with me may not be exactly the same way that he inspires you to action. But one way or another, approaching God openly in prayer, just being really open to whatever it is he wants you to do for Lent, that's the first step in coming up with a really good Lenten plan. So now that you've asked God what he wants you to do and you've taken some time to listen, it can be helpful to apply a little structure to your plan. So a great place to start here is with the three pillars of Lent that the church gives us, which are prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And it can be really helpful to discern what you might do in each of those areas. Another strategy that I recently heard is to think about what sins you most frequently take to confession and use that as a basis for what you choose to do during Lent. So for instance, if you are often confessing that you're angry with your family or yelling at your kids, maybe your plan for Lent is to really work on identifying your triggers for when you want to yell and planning a way to speak more kindly to your kids. And finally, there are a lot of really good Lenten challenges going on right now from different Catholics in the online space or on prayer apps, and maybe you're really drawn this Lent to one of those challenges. I'm actually currently running a free Lenten challenge that I've been talking about a lot on this show called Missio Parada, which means mission ready. And I'll be welcoming people into that challenge all Lent long. So you're not too late if you still want to join. But anyway, these are a few strategies for how you can apply some structure to your Lenten plan. But whatever you discern is the right plan for you. Once you have the overall Lenten plan, it's time to go a step deeper with even more planning. And the first step here is to prepare in advance for the thoughts and emotions that are likely going to come up for you while you're embarking on your plan. You can expect and totally plan for the fact that just like with your New Year's resolutions, the shiny new plan that you make is going to start feeling like, well, maybe it might feel like a drag and maybe your enthusiasm is going to wane. You might start having thoughts at this stage that are something along the lines of, 
why am I even doing this? This is too hard for me. I can't do this. Or if you find that you haven't been able to perfectly stick with your Linden plan, you might be thinking things like, what's the point? Well, I've already messed up, so I might as well give up now. Or maybe I'll just do just some of the things. The thing that I really want to emphasize here is that these are all very normal human reactions to trying to make really any kind of change in our lives. Even if that change is ultimately for the better, we're going to experience resistance. Because as humans, we love homeostasis or for things to stay roughly the same, whether we can recognize that all the time or not. And this is actually a very physical process that's happening in your body. So for instance, if you've decided to give up something that you've perceived as good, you know, be it sugar or alcohol or coffee or whatever you're giving up, and your body is now not getting that dopamine hit from that good thing that it usually gets or that your body is usually receiving when you have that thing, um, you're going to be experiencing some dopamine withdrawal. That's really, really normal. That's going to come. But this is what separates us from the animals. Because we can use our intellects and our wills as humans to consciously decide to give something that is good up in order to pursue something even better. So it would never occur to an animal to like forego an obvious pleasure, an obvious good thing in order for there to be maybe something better at the end. And that's what we're doing basically when we try, when we choose to give something up for Lent. So in this case, the thing that you're giving up for Lent, it isn't really the sacrifice, right? It isn't really like you're not really giving up the coffee or the sugar or the alcohol. The sacrifice that you're making is your attachment to the good thing. By detaching from that earthly thing, you're freeing yourself up to attach more fully to God. But I think we can acknowledge it's very uncomfortable on a human level. You know, you're, you might even feel like your body is just screaming at you to just have a cookie or a cup of coffee or like whatever it is that you're abstaining from. But here's the cool thing. When you know that this is going to happen, you can expect it and prepare for it. It's a little bit like Jesus said in the gospel about how the owner of the house, if he knew the hour that the thief was going to come, like he wouldn't let his house be broken into, right? Well, in a similar way, when you know that your body is going to experience some dopamine withdrawals, you can be ready to combat them and not let it derail you. So your job is to come up with a plan for recognizing what's happening in your body and let yourself experience this discomfort, knowing that it isn't going to last. It really will pass and your body will establish a new homeostasis and you may find that you're honestly a million times better off without sugar after all, or whatever it is that you're giving up you will adapt and overcome. And that period of discomfort is not going to last forever. 
But here's another important point. And that is that this is the stage, this stage of temptation, this stage of like dopamine withdrawal, this, this part of the temptation. This is where it is really very easy to quote unquote, white knuckle your way through your Lenten resolutions or to rely too much on yourself to resist the temptation. And this is what is often called ungodly self-reliance. And guys, this is definitely something that I struggle with myself. The problem with relying on your own willpower to keep your Lenten plan is that Ultimately, it's an exercise in vanity. You're kind of like Stuart from Mad TV saying to God, look what I can do. But remember that God wants your heart, not your coffee, not your chocolate, not your booze, your heart. So what comes is this moment of choice where you know, here you are, you're feeling all the discomfort of giving up something good, and you're tempted to relieve that discomfort, either by quitting completely, or just caving a bit or tweaking your plans. But now you have a choice. You can choose to rely on yourself and your willpower to get through, which is really hard and often fails. Or you can rely on God and his strength in this moment. You unite your discomfort and suffering to Christ's own human suffering. And yes, you do still have to make an act of the will, but it doesn't have so much to do with avoiding the sugar or the alcohol or whatever. It's saying to God, yes, I accept this discomfort out of love for you. Lord, all things are possible for you. Please give me the grace I most need to resist this temptation. And you can see in this choice how one path leads you further away from God, right? That's the path of self-reliance. And one path keeps you tucked in close, nestled right into the bosom of your loving father. So which path do you think you should choose this Lent? This is what's going to help you be transformed by the end of Lent by giving something up instead of, you know, like I said, maybe it'll be a few pounds lighter, but not really changed for the better if you just rely on yourself to keep your resolve. Okay, so that's kind of the emotional, spiritual aspect of your plan. Just knowing that you're going to experience discomfort, deciding in advance how you're going to deal with it, and choosing to draw closer to God throughout. Now, the next part of planning deals with the purely practical. How are you actually going to do what you set out to do this Lent? And one really good question to ask yourself here is, why am I not already doing this? So, for instance, if your plan for Lent is to pray the daily rosary, it can be a really good starting place to ask why you aren't already. And I do not mean this question to invite shame or to make you feel bad. This is really just to get curious about the obstacles that are preventing you right now from doing this thing so that you can make a plan to overcome them. So for instance, 
right now you may not be consistently praying the rosary because you don't have a time slot for it in your schedule, or maybe you don't know how, or maybe you forget to do it, or maybe you really want to do it as a family and you can't get your kids on board. So whatever the reasons are, it's time to get really curious about them and to start thinking creatively and strategically about how you can overcome those challenges. It's, it's honestly really funny to me how often in our lives we will struggle with a certain situation and we just accept it. We're like, oh, this sucks, but it's just, it's just a hard situation and you just accept it. But when we actually take a step back from it and we just look at it from a more strategic vantage point, oftentimes we can see this glaringly obvious solution that we tend to miss when we're down in the weeds. And I'll just give you a super simple example of this from my own life. So I live in Europe and most of my clients are in the US. So I often find myself, you know, having coaching clients at a time when I'd normally be making dinner for my family. And for a while, I would like finish my coaching sessions and then go to make dinner and it would just push everything back. Like we were eating dinner super late. Our whole family schedule was thrown off in the evening. So we weren't bringing the family rosary. We weren't getting to bed on time. It was just causing a lot of problems. But when I recognized, okay, my coaching schedule is an obstacle to habits that are really important to me, I could actually think strategically about, well, how can I manage living so many time zones different from my client, how can I still coach my clients and also get all of these other things accomplished? And so on the days that I have coaching clients right up until dinner time, I can actually cook dinner early on those days, like in my Instant Pot, or I just have it really prepped and ready to go so it's quickly ready and we can stay on family as a schedule. Like this is a really super simple thing. But it actually did take planning on my part to take a step back and think, how could I make this work? And this is actually where sometimes it can be really helpful to work with a coach because sometimes a little outside perspective on the obstacles that are keeping you stuck can really be super helpful because we get really ingrained in these like neural pathways in our brain where it's like this is the way things have to be and since it has to be this way there's no other solution and you know for me for that example I was in for years in the habit of okay at five o'clock I start making dinner and it was really a simple thing to be like okay well you can actually make dinner at a different time of day and still eat on a normal schedule um it's a really simple thing, but sometimes we get so ingrained in like, you know, I have to work out in the morning by myself and this is how it has to be or my prayer time has to look this way that we can get really stuck in all of the ways that something can't work. And so sometimes it just takes a little bit of perspective, a little stepping back and looking at the situation from a different vantage point to say like, oh, okay, there actually is a solution here and it might just not look exactly like I always thought this needed to look. Um, so basically what you're gonna be doing uh, in this step and by asking yourself this question of why am I not already doing this is to just think of as many obstacles or challenges as you can to your Linton plan. And then for every challenge that you think of, Think about how you could mitigate or eliminate it. 
So for instance, if you're giving up sugar and you know that you've got a stash of cookies in the pantry that's going to be super tempting to you, go and throw those cookies away or give them away while your willpower is still high. If you know that you are going to be at a like a work social event and everyone tends to be drinking at those, but you've given up alcohol, you know, maybe you have to plan in advance to order a club soda and lime. So this is just thinking through obstacles and contingencies. So like, what if your planned prayer time doesn't work out? Can you have a backup slot? What are you going to do if you get sick? What if your kids revolt? What if you have a birthday party, a wedding, or another event to attend? So just think through, like, what are all these things that could prevent you from keeping your Lenten plan? And then you have to let yourself think creatively and strategically, keeping in mind that, you know, the ultimate goal of Lent is not just to do something hard so that you can say you did something hard. It is to draw you closer to God. Okay, so here's just a quick recap of what we talked about today. First, good planning is the key to sticking with your Lenten plan. Second, when you're making a Lenten plan, you want to be sure to involve God who already knows what he wants you to do. Third, you can expect to face discomfort and negative emotions. And when you are in those moments, plan to turn to God in his strength. And fourth, use your intellect and will on a really practical level to help identify obstacles and how you can overcome them. And also, I just want to invite you again, if you're still looking for something for Lent this year that you'd like to do that's really focused on stretching you and increasing your capacity to be a fit instrument in the hands of God to accomplish the mission that he has given you to do, I would love for you to consider joining me in my Missio Parada Lenten Challenge. It is not too late to start, and one big benefit of joining the challenge is that you won't be doing it alone. We have a dedicated Facebook group of really supportive people going through the challenge with you, and you'll also have free weekly training and coaching calls with me to support you along the way. So the way that you can join the Missio Parada Lenten Challenge is to go to thrivingcatholic.com forward slash Lent, or you can just follow the link in the show notes. So again, this is a matter of discernment. If this is something that you feel God is calling you to do this Lent, I would love to have you join me in the challenge. And if it's not, then I really hope that these strategies and techniques that we've talked about in this episode today will really help to make whatever you're doing for Lent this year to help you to be way more successful and to actually stick with your plan. And of course, to, you know, reach that ultimate goal that by Easter, you are more closely united with God. Okay, friends, that is all for me this week. So until next time, remember that you were made for greatness. So don't settle for anything less.